0: Cow down in the pasture, not able to get up. Yellow mucous membranes, a case many have seen before. What are the best treatment options? We'll find out today on Bovine Science with BCI as we get a chance to talk after the abstract with Dr. Brian Lubers. And I'm Brad White, and we'll be discussing a, a couple areas of therapeutics related to anaplasmosis. Morning, Brian. Morning, Brad. So happy to have you with us because one of the cool things that you've done is help us break down some of these papers that do research relative to therapeutics or other decisions as we think about cattle and really walk through the paper in that systematic process that we've talked about before. And if you're interested in that process, you can listen to the very first one of these that we recorded, but today we're going to talk about a paper relative to Clinical effectiveness of enrofloxacin for treating anaplasmosis. So, tell us a little bit about the paper, Brian.
1: As you said, the title of the paper is "Clinical Effectiveness of Enrofloxacin, 100 Milligram Per Mill Injectable Solution for the Treatment of Acute Anaplasmosis in Cattle Caused by Anaplasma marginale." The primary author in this paper is Doug Shane, and it is published in the Spring 2020 edition of the Bovine Practitioner Journal. And as you mentioned, we kind of take a systematic approach to these to really help our listeners understand how do I take this information and apply it to clinical practice? We'll just kind of get started with this study. So, you know, and if you read the paper and the authors do a really good job here, this is one of those. So inrofloxacin is, it's on our list of drugs that are prohibited for extra label use. And so, you know, not that long ago, you, this, we wouldn't even be able to consider this as a therapeutic, right? But we do now have an enterofloxacin product that is conditionally approved for the therapy of anaplasmosis. And in this paper, I actually went back and looked. Um, this was not a study that was done for the approval of that product. I looked in the freedom of information summary. Um, this is actually a post-approval study, but again, very well done. And so we always kind of start with, you know, what's, what's the objective of this paper? And so we go down and it says the objective of our study was to demonstrate the effectiveness of a single dose of enrofloxacin at 5.7 mils per hundred pounds body weight for the treatment of anaplasmosis in a randomized, mass clinical trial. So, very clear objective right off the start, right?
0: And that's our first thing on our list: is is this relevant to my clinical scenario? So, when we talk about the and I gave kind of a scenario at the top, this is very relevant to that because there's only been one drug approved for treatment of anaplasmosis: oxytetracycline. Yep, that's, that
1: is correct. And, and we're actually, I think it's even more relevant today because we, you know, when you get, when you only have one therapeutic to choose from, um, if it doesn't work for whatever reason, and, and we have heard some reports of antibiotic resistance to tetracycline, so extremely relevant information in this paper.
0: And I'm going to tie back in because the other thing that we talk about is patient comparability. And this study was actually done on mature cows, which is often what we see affected with anaplasmosis, although some of the anaplasmosis research in the past has been done on calves, looking at diagnostic tests or other. But for therapeutics, patients are comparable. The study outcome that they used in this case was what? They looked at a couple. If I have to pick kind of
1: one negative of the paper, that's probably it. And not that it's bad necessarily to look at multiple outcomes, but I think in this study, for what they were trying to do, there was really one clear primary outcome and then everything else is kind of ancillary. And we can talk about that too because I think there actually was another objective to this study that the authors didn't mention. That was actually evaluating their disease model. So this this study is based on, it's a challenge model. So they actually gave these cows anaplasmosis. And that's why, that's why I think some of the secondary measures were included. But their primary response was was basically clinical outcome, um, and so they used they, they had kind of a scoring system here. They looked at depression score, they looked at mucous membrane score, and then they basically evaluated recovery at study day twenty eight. That was the, their study was a twenty eight day study, and the twenty eight days is from the time that the individual animal started showing signs. So once so they would inoculate the animals with anaplasmosis from an infected cow. And then they would observe them and as individuals became positive for depression score, mucous membrane score, they would enroll them, they would treat them. And then they would follow them for 28 days. Their secondary measures were pack cell volume and blood smear evaluation. So they were actually looking to see measure anemia with the pack cell volume, and then look to see if they could actually see the organisms on the red blood cells in the smears.
0: Okay. And so they compared everything to untreated control or a saline control, so a negative control. Mm -hmm. And and one of our questions on our our checklist as we work through is, as you look at their findings, did you see a significant enough difference between those treated with enrofloxacin and the negative control that it might change the way you practice as you look at the results?
1: Yep. And so, as you mentioned in this case, they, so the animals were either treated with enrofloxacin or they were administered saline. And I read the paper the first time, and they said that the person that was doing the treatments was not masked to treatment, which is also one of our questions. And I kind of wrote that down as a negative, but as you read further, everybody that did the observations was masked to treatment. So one of our criteria for evaluating studies is, is there masking or blinding involved because we don't want people's unconscious beliefs to affect our study. And I think in this case, we can pretty clearly say that the masking procedures were sufficient. I'm sorry, Brad, you asked me a question about outcomes. Uh, Was there a difference between the two groups? And the answer is yeah. They found some statistical differences in treatment success rate. So roughly 75% of the enrofloxacin treated animals responded to therapy. But curiously enough, the untreated controls, the saline controls, they actually saw about a 35 to 40% treatment response rate in that group as well. So I have some guesses as maybe to why that happened. We know that as animals get older, they are more susceptible. And you mentioned that they this was mature cows, but they just say that the animals were at least two years of age. And so, you know, it may have been that some of those younger animals had some spontaneous resolution. It, it's not clear from here and that, and the authors didn't really discuss it in the paper.
0: I want to follow up, though, on one of the things you mentioned there. So the saline controls basically received no antibiotics, and about 40% of them ended up recovering by day 28. Mm -hmm. The treated animals, about 80% of them ended up recovering, which is not unusual for some of our challenge models that they don't all succumb to disease, right? There was a difference in death loss in this paper, but the point I'm making is most of our diseases do not have caused mortality in every animal, but it is important that there's a pretty big difference between 40% recovering and 80% recovered. right? Yeah. So clinically that would matter.
1: Yeah. And the other kind of the flip side of that is, you know, not all the, the animals that were treated with enrofloxacin responded either, right? We saw a yeah. 70% therapeutic response. So there were still a, a number of animals that even though they were treated with an antibiotic that didn't respond, there was a number of animals that, treated with the negative control that still got better. They didn't die. They didn't have a negative clinical outcome. And so if I kind of do some quick math on that, if people are familiar with the concept of number needed to treat, we take out the spontaneous cures. We take out the ones that were going to respond no matter what happened. And we get that from our negative control. So the difference between the response rate in the treated, the inrofloxacin, and the negative controls was roughly about 35%, right? And so if I take that number and divide it into 100, I get three. And so the number needed to treat in this paper, if I did that, would be about three. And kind of the, the simple explanation for number needed to treat is, for every three animals that I treat with this antibiotic, I would make a difference in one. And that's actually, for most of the therapeutics we have, that's actually pretty good. I, we feel pretty good about, yep, that drug
0: is making a difference in our disease outcomes. So as we as we think about challenge you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. this is a challenge study it is. versus natural exposure disease occurrence and and one of the reasons that you might do a challenge especially in this case is it would take me a long time to build up comparable numbers of cases in the field and with a challenge study I can do it all at once but tell me how I should interpret this challenge study and does it compare to what I might see clinically
1: yeah you know and you're absolutely right where we have diseases that are relatively spontaneous it is hard to enroll animals in trials like that uh, from a natural disease and so so what they did in this study is we and we've done other anaplasmosis challenge models but in this one they took 55 mils of blood from an infected animal and use that to inoculate so they administered that iv basically to the unaffected cows and then waited for signs of disease and from the way i read their study report it's actually a fairly effective challenge model now as far as the course of disease and how that relates to you know a natural infection so with natural infection and in anaplasmosis you know spread by either ticks or people using contaminated needles. So it's usually a small volume of blood, right? You're talking probably a few hundred microliters and here we're using 55 milliliters. So it's a very large dose, but it acts from their paper. It actually looks like, you know, the course of disease is relatively similar. The severity of disease is relatively similar. So I think it's actually a, a pretty good challenge model, whether it replicates natural disease exactly, probably not, but I think it's reasonable.
0: And a lot of times, the challenge models compared to natural disease, the disease onset is much quicker. Especially in one like this, you mentioned they're given a dose of blood from an infected individual, which means you're going to start out with more of the Anaplasma organisms than you would as they build up slowly over time. So, yeah. how do I how do I take this information? What else should I take from this study other than the inrofloxin that they used? Was effective in this case at reducing at improving my success rate.
1: Yeah, I think just one more point about this paper, and it it's kind of a a limitation of anaplasmosis itself is their scoring system, right? So um, anaplasmosis can cause some fairly non-specific disease signs, and so when you look at how either what, what's going to be our criteria to enroll a subject on the study or what's going to, and in this case, that was the same as their success criteria. So they, a depression score greater than two, a mucous membrane score greater than one, or a rectal temperature greater than four, except for the temperature, you know, I've done depression scoring before. It's a little bit subjective and they did have multiple people doing it. And so, you know, And I think in this case it matters because if I'm if I score it a one for depression score and you score it a two, that's the difference between an animal being on the study or not, or an animal that didn't respond to therapy or failed therapy. So, but overall, study's very well done. They've got good case definition. The statistical analysis is really solid. And for me, I guess yes, they found a statistical difference between treatment and control. For me it's big enough that even the scoring being a little bit subjective, I'm pretty comfortable that this drug is making a difference. And obviously it was recently approved for this disease. So it kind of supports what the label claim is for, which is, yeah, it should be effective for this disease. So I think as a practitioner using the data that was, was submitted to support the approval of the drug for anaplasmosis, and now we have this, this post-approval challenge study that's been done. I, I would feel very comfortable about using this um, in a clinical scenario where uh, anaplasmosis was my primary differential.
0: Absolutely. And and the you, you mentioned the subjective scoring, which we always w- watch for on these, especially papers like this. Uh, but they also had a mortality, and the mortality was... Uh, statistically better in the treated group. A couple caveats to this and I'm going to let you address one of them, but one caveat is this compares in refluxin versus control saline. It doesn't allow us to say where would oxytetracycline have ranked on this scale. Mm-hmm. And two, and you mentioned this on label label claims, but I'll let you address specifically you have to use the, the same product they use to be on label. Right. So this this product went through what's called a conditional approval
1: process. And so the bottle is different. It would say Batril CA 100 and that CA means conditional approval. So you legally cannot use Batril 100 to treat anaplasmosis. You have to use Batril CA 100 to treat anaplasmosis Uh, And again, that's, that's not really anything against this paper. The paper's fine, but uh, from a clinical aspect, yeah, that is one of the conditions because anaplasmosis isn't on the other
0: label and it's extra label and that's not allowed. Yep. Excellent. Well, thanks, Brian. Great summary on this paper. And I think it gives us another treatment option for anaplasmosis, which is a pretty common syndrome. So appreciate you joining and sharing this paper. Thanks.